Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. How's that sound, Mr. Producer? Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden. I have a question for Joe Biden. I have a question for his administration. What is the position of Saudi Arabia on abortion? Just curious. Can you have an abortion in the first 15 weeks, first 12 weeks, abortion on demand? No, they'll chop your head off. There is no abortion in Saudi Arabia. How about transgenderism? The LBGDQAI plus community. No, I don't believe they tolerate that either. How about gay marriage? Is that okay? No, I don't believe they tolerate that either. Have you heard any objections from all these organizations in America who treat the Republican Party and the Supreme Court as pariahs? Do you hear them objecting at all to what Biden is doing in Saudi Arabia, which is kissing the ass of the prince who's really effectively the king over there? None. None. Biden has never met a genocidal dictator he hasn't liked or been willing to do business with. And I mean business with. Now, Joe Biden was with Abbas at a press conference in Bethlehem today. Abbas is a terrorist. He's not a moderate. He's a terrorist. And he awards terrorists who kill Jews. And if the Israelis imprison that terrorist or kill that terrorist, the family receives a huge lifetime pension. 
Abbas is a crook. He runs the Palestinian territory like a mobster. His family members are very wealthy. He's very wealthy. They have nothing close to a democracy. It's a kleptocracy, if you will. He's got family members running various sectors of their various so-called businesses there, as well as longtime allies. So the way he runs that area, they can never have prosperity. The money that comes in to the PA, the Palestinian Authority, first goes through his pockets. And Joe Biden is proud because Donald Trump cut off the money, but he's increased it from zero to half a billion dollars. He's very proud of that. And today he was in Bethlehem at this press conference with Abbas. Now, Bethlehem, we know what happened in Bethlehem, don't we, Mr. Producer? Who was born in Bethlehem? Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem used to be a majority Christian city. It's now a majority Palestinian city. Uh, Christians are a smaller and smaller minority there. And this is the way the Middle East works, whether it's Christians or Jews. Jericho. Jericho is in the Bible. Jews put their life on the line if they go to Jericho. Hebron. Hebrew. Hebron. Abraham's buried there, as are so many of the other great ancestors of the Jews. Hebron has only 85 Jewish families left there. There was a big slaughter that occurred about half a century ago or more. And the IDF has soldiers everywhere in order to protect those 85 families. Did you know this? No, you don't know this. If you read the New York Times, you don't know anything. So Biden's at Bethlehem today, not to talk about the rights of the Christians in Bethlehem, but that the Palestinians deserve their own state living side by side with the state of Israel in peace. They just want peace. That's all. All this talk by the Palestinian Authority, by their media, by their professors, by their propagandists, by their terrorists, by their mouthpieces in America, of pushing the Jews into the Mediterranean Sea. That's just talk. They don't mean it, after all. And the state that would be right next to Israel. Will the Iranians be there? Will the Syrians be there? Hezbollah, Hamas? Will they have missiles? Will they have nuclear missiles? Will they have aircraft? What will they have this state? And how will Israel be protected? You see, ladies and gentlemen, when you think of Israel, think of New Jersey, because that's how big it is. That's it. So here he is. Cut five, go. Now as President of the United States, my commitment to that goal of a two-state solution has not changed in all these years. Two states along the 1967 lines were mutually agreed to swaps. They got the 1967 lines. Israel cannot survive with the 1967 lines. They can't survive. 
1967 lines, Obama pushed the same thing. There was a war in 1967 because the Arab states, led by Egypt, Nasser, and Syria, and others, were building up their militaries to cut off Israel economically from the sea, from the land, from the air, to surround it, attack it, and destroy it, was the Six-Day War. The Israelis attacked their enemies first. They had no choice. And they won in six days. Now what's changed since 1967 and shortly thereafter the Yom Kippur War is that Israel demonstrated it can defend itself. Israel demonstrated it had on a military. Israel demonstrated that it wasn't going to be destroyed by its Muslim and Arab neighbors. And that's when the left in America began to turn on Israel. No longer was Israel this poor victim. Israel was now a growing, strong democracy with a real military. And it wasn't going to be pushed around anymore. And so the left in America turned on Israel. The Democrat Party has turned on Israel. And now it's taken up the cause of the Palestinians. That is a fake name that the Palestinians gave to themselves under Yasser Arafat. And that would be the same leadership whose ancestors worked with Adolf Hitler to wipe out the Jews. Who asked Hitler if they could assist in wiping out the Jews. Now, this living in peace, side-by-side, two-state solution, you see what's happened with the Gaza Strip, right? There's only one country that wants peace. Peace does not serve the purpose of the cause of Abbas and Hamas and their backers, the Iranians, the Syrians, and so forth. So there never will be a two-state solution. And you know who realized that? Donald Trump. Donald Trump went into office thinking about a two-state solution, and then he found the Palestinians were impossible to deal with. And so they changed course. They said, let us deal with the Arab states who want to deal with us and want to deal with the Israelis. And let's stop making the Palestinian cause, quote-unquote, the centerpiece of Middle East policy. When the Palestinians are ready to talk and they're really ready for peace, they know how to reach me, said Donald Trump. We want to help them. We want to help them economically. We've offered to help them economically. But they have to be willing to seriously talk about peace. And they won't. And he gave birth to the Abraham Accords. Where the United States 
worked with both Israel and their different Arab neighbors to develop these peace plans. That has all but been abandoned by Joe Biden and his Obama foreign policy and national security advisors. And here we are again. So there he is in Bethlehem. Go ahead. We've uh, equal measure of security, prosperity, freedom and democracy for the Palestinians as well as Israelis. The Palestinian people deserve a state of their own that's independent, sovereign, viable and contiguous. Two states for two people, both of whom have deep and ancient roots in this land. Living side by Palestinians side. do not have deep and ancient roots in this land, unless you consider 200 years ago deep and ancient roots. The indigenous people living in Israel are the Jewish people. Just turn to your Bible. The indigenous people in Judea and Samaria which is where Judaism was born. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, where it was born, was in Judea. Which Biden and his party, and those who want to wipe out the Jews, call occupied territory. You're dealing with a very stupid man when it comes to Joe Biden. (laughs) Stupid when he had his wits, and now he doesn't even have his wits. As I will demonstrate next. Cut eight, go. I, uh, my background and the background of my family is Irish-American. And uh, we uh, have a a long history of, uh, not fundamentally unlike the Palestinian people, with uh, Great Britain and their attitude toward Irish Catholics over the years, for 400 years. It's unbelievable. It's an unbelievable besmirchment of the Jews in Israel. The Israelis were never, quote-unquote, like Great Britain in this sense. They were not colonizing the lands in which they were the indigenous peoples. That would be like saying that Native Americans in our country are colonizing their reservations, or colonizing lands that were once theirs. The Jews are the indigenous peoples there. As my father used to say, where are the Palestinians in the Bible? They don't exist in the Bible. Palestinians were Bedouins. Then you moved into the area for jobs. They moved into the area for relatively inexpensive land, and for a thousand other reasons. But they never settled those areas. They don't have any ancient connection to those areas. And the more the Jews dig, with these archaeological digs, the more it's beyond obvious. And so when you have a man like Biden who rejects what Trump achieved, when you have a man like Biden who is a fundamentally stupid man, And when you have a man like Biden who has no sense of modern or ancient history, it's a very dangerous situation. Very dangerous. 
the Saudis have almost no claim to Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia was carved out of nothing by the British. Nothing. Same with the Kuwaitis. All these monarchs. Their histories don't go back three, four thousand years. I just want to point that out. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why in Primus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty is so important. In Primus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. The reason why President Trump had so much success in the Middle East is because he was a leader, a statesman, and he accepted reality. More and more you'll see with the Marxist left and the Democrat Party, they believe their belief systems and their ideology are reality. They substitute reality for their ideology. Their ideology is destructive of the human being, whether in our own country or in foreign countries. If you accept reality and try and apply our principles to reality, and our principles are based in reality, you'll have more success. But if your ideology is all you care about, whether it comes to the border, whether it comes to spending, whether it comes to debt, whether it comes to oil, whether it comes to ancient history, you are destructive. You destroy things. You impoverish people. And that's what we're up against right now. When we come back, I want to talk about what I said in 2009 in Liberty and Tyranny, envirostatism. This whole issue of climate change and what it's doing to our country and to the world. I'll be right back. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever. And it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all. Whether America deserves our love. That's why in Primus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty is so important. In Primus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, 
L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. In a world of pathetic liberal potholes, he's a truck full of hot constitutional asphalt. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. You know, folks, American Marxism sold 1.3 million copies in all formats. Liberty and Tyranny sold 1.5 million. In a chapter 8, I talk about statism. And this is from 2009. So in 13 years, things have changed in this country. Even now, in the last 13 years. Statism or statists. It's a word that was mostly used by Aristotle. And I reintroduced it, I think, for common parlance now. But I have abandoned the word status for the word Marxism. For the reasons I've explained on this program and in the book. Nonetheless, this chapter, chapter 8, is called Enviro-Statism. Science broadly defined, and you'll see why I'm discussing this in a moment, is a door to knowledge. Although the statist, and I will change that word now to Marxist, is fond of accusing the conservative of slamming the door shut. It's actually the Marxists who abandon science, just as he abandons the laws of nature, reason, experience, economics, and modernity, when he promotes what can best be characterized as enviro-statism. His pursuit, after all, is power, not truth. With the assistance of a pliant or sympathetic media, the Marxist uses junk science, misrepresentations, and fear-mongering to promote public health and environmental scares. Because he realizes that in a true, widespread health emergency, the public expects the government to act aggressively to address, to address the crisis, despite traditional limitations on governmental authority. This is 13 years ago, well before the coronavirus. The more dire the threat, the more liberty people are usually willing to surrender. This scenario is tailor-made for the Marxist. The government's authority becomes part of the societal frame of reference only to be built upon during the next crisis. So the pathology of the Marxist health scare works like this. An event occurs, cases of food contamination are discovered, or instances of a new disease arise. Or as is increasingly the case, government agencies such as the Food and Drug Administration, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, or the Environmental Protection Agency, or nonprofit organizations such as the Center for Science and the Public Interest or the Sierra Club, release a new study identifying a frightening new health risk. Urgent predictions are made by cherry-picked experts, so-called, that the media accept without skepticism or independent investigation and turn into a cacophony of fear. Public officials next clamor to demonstrate that they're taking steps to ameliorate the dangers. New laws are enacted or regulations promulgated that are said to limit the public's exposure to the new so-called risk. Boy, this book has withstood the test of time, hasn't it, Mr. Producer? Pretty prescient. Again, 2009. The examples of this pathology are numerous and include such scares as alar, sweeteners, bird flu, swine flu, dioxins, E. coli, listeria, Ebola virus, formaldehyde, methyl 
Boodle Ether or MTBE, BSE, Salmonella, attached to tomatoes and jalapeno peppers and CFCs, chlorofluorocarbons. All were blown into huge panics, far beyond the actual scope of the health threat. Economist George Reisman relates how advances in science make it possible to detect minute levels of contaminants in substances which are misused in too many cases to destroy products. The modern environmental movement was founded on one of the most egregious frauds in human history. That DDT is a human-killing poison when in fact it is a human-saving wonder chemical. A chemical compound developed in 1939 for the use as an insecticide. DDT was critical in protecting American soldiers from typhus epidemic and malaria during World War II. In 1948, Paul Herman Mueller received the Nobel Prize, quote, for his discovery of the highly efficiency, excuse me, the high efficiency of DDT as a contact poison against several anthropods. DDT's usefulness in combating malaria and other insect-borne diseases was unprecedented. San Jose State University Professor Jay Gordon Edwards, who was a longtime opponent of banning DDT, wrote in 2004, hundreds of millions have died from malaria, yellow fever, typhus, dung, plague, encephalitis, and so forth, many other diseases. And in the 14th century, the bubonic plague, transmitted by fleas, killed one-fourth of the people of Europe and two-thirds of those in the British Isles. Yellow fever killed millions before it was found to be transmitted by mosquitoes. More than 100 epidemics of typhus ravaged civilizations in Europe and Asia with mortality rates as high as 70%. But by far the greatest killer has been malaria, transmuted by mosquitoes. 1945, the goal of eradicating this scourge appeared to be achievable thanks to DDT. By 1959, the U.S., Europe, portions of the Soviet Union, Chile, and several Caribbean islands were nearly malaria-free as a result of DDT. Journalist and best-selling author Malcolm Gladwell recounted the successful eradication campaigns waged in Italy, Taiwan, the Caribbean, the Balkans, parts of Northern Africa, the South Pacific, Australia, and India. He wrote that in India, where malaria infected an estimated 75 million and killed 800,000 every single year, fatalities had dropped to zero by the early 1960s. Zero. Between 1945 and 65, DDT saved millions, even tens of millions of lives around the world, he wrote, perhaps more than any other man-made drug or chemical before or since. A few years ago, New York Times editorial page writer Tina Rosenberg explained that Today, Westerners, with no memory of malaria, often assume it has always been only a tropical disease, but malaria was once found as far north as Boston and Montreal. Britain's Oliver Cromwell died of malaria. Shakespeare alludes to it in eight plays. Malaria no longer afflicts the United States, Canada, Northern Europe, in part because of changes in living habits, the shift to cities, better sanitation, window screens, but another reason was DDT, sprayed from airplanes all over American cities and towns while children played outside. And so effective is DDT that in 1970, the National Academy of Sciences announced that 
to only a few chemicals does man owe a greater debt as to DDT. I'm quoting them. In little more than two decades, DDT has prevented 500 million human deaths due to malaria that would have otherwise been inevitable. So what happened? In 1962, Rachel Carson, an opponent of pesticides, succeeded in spreading widespread hysteria about DDT's effects on wildlife and especially children. In her book, Silent Spring, Carson decried the broad use of DDT. As reasoned science correspondent Ron Bailey wrote, Carson was an effective popularizer of the idea that children were especially vulnerable to the carcinogenic effects of synthetic chemicals. The situation with respect to children is even more deeply disturbing, she wrote. A quarter century ago, cancer in children was considered a medical rarity. Today, she wrote, more American school children die of cancer than from any other disease. And in support of this claim, Carson reported that 12% of all deaths in children between the ages of 1 and 14 are caused by cancer. Now, although it sounds alarming, Carson's statistic is essentially meaningless, unless it's given some context, which she failed to supply. Turns out that the percentage of children dying of cancer was rising because other causes of death, such as infectious diseases, were dramatically declining. It's a sickening irony that Carson's focus on children helped kill the use of DDT when malaria is the cause of death of millions of children living in undeveloped countries. In fact, nowhere in Silent Spring did Carson mention that DDT had saved tens of millions of lives, a widely known fact by 1962, but of no apparent import to her or a growing legion of adherents. And, of course, the media gobbled up Carson's alarmism. President John Kennedy formed an advisory committee to investigate her claims. Congress held hearings. The, Environment, the Environmental Defense Fund and the Sierra Club brought litigation to pressure the government to ban DDT. And although DDT has never been directly linked to even one human death, Gladwell recounts incidents of test subjects literally lathering themselves with DDT. The EPA which had been established in 1970, banned DDT in 1972. Its use worldwide soon plummeted because the United States and United Nations World Health Organization would no longer provide financial support for the life-saving chemicals use. But even the manner in which the EPA banned DDT was an abuse of both the scientific and legal process. An EPA administrative law judge held several months of hearings on DDT's environmental and health risks. In the end, Judge Edmund Sweeney, that's the judge, found that DDT is not a carcinogen hazard demand. DDT is not a, mut a mutagenic or a uh, teratonogenic hazard demand. I'm quoting him. The use of DDT under the regulations involved here do not have a deleterious effect on freshwater fish. Uh, other organisms, wild birds, or other wildlife. This is the judge who looked at the litigation, oversaw it. But Judge Sweeney's ruling was rejected by EPA Administrator William Ruckelshaus, a Republican, who in 1972 banned it anyway. Ruckelshaus attended none of the hearings, and aides reported he had not read the hearing transcript before overruling Judge Sweeney's findings. At the time, Ruckel's house belonged to the Audubon Society. He later joined the Environmental Defense Fund, which, along with the Sierra Club, was a budding organization that brought, law brought lawsuits pressing for DDT's ban. 
In 2002, the American Council on Science and Health reported that 300 million to 500 million people suffer from malaria each year, 90% occurring in Africa. It's the number one killer of children there. Overall, the ban has resulted in the deaths of tens of millions. Now, I will be attacked for reading this to you. I will be attacked for reading. You cannot go against the narrative. You cannot go against the the move of society away or towards something. But I'm raising this for a reason. There's an article in the New York Times, how one senator doomed the Democrats' climate plan. It's called a news article by Coral Davenport and Lisa Friedman. It's an attack on Joe Manchin. First, he killed a plan that would have forced power plants to clean up their climate warming pollution. There is no climate warming pollution. Then he shattered an effort to help consumers pay for electric vehicles, subsidies to the wealthy. And finally, he said he could not support government incentives for solar and wind companies or any of the other provisions that rest of his party and his presidency are vital to ensure a livable planet. And where are the components for the solar and wind devices coming? They say Senator Joe Manchin, who took more campaign cash from the oil and gas industry than any other senator, there you go, and who became a millionaire from his family coal business. So the goal is to destroy him not to engage in a debate. His family had a coal business. Good for him. Good for him. Well, it would be better if he had an abortion business. And, of course, he took money from the industries. The industries don't contribute directly to campaigns. They have political action committees in which they are free to run ads. They cannot give money directly to any campaign. But notice how they put that. Independently blew up the Democrat Party's legislative plans to fight climate change. Do you ever see them write about Susan Collins or Lisa Murkowski or Romney blowing up Republican plans? The swing Democratic vote in an evenly divided Senate, Mr. Manchin led his party through months of torture negotiations that collapsed on Thursday night. A year-long wild goose chase that produced nothing as the earth warms to dangerous levels. The earth is warming to dangerous levels? Who says? Oh, yes. They say the planet's nearly out of time, they write, to prevent average global temperatures from rising 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. They have no friggin' idea if that's the case. None. And I've written at length about this, too. In the same book, Liberty and Terror. These are liars dressed up as journalists. They are ideologues dressed up as journalists. They are all in in the degrowth Marxist movement born out of Europe in the 1970s. And so they are trashing Manchin in the New York Times. The Holocaust denying New York Times. I'll be back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why in Primus, 
Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty is so important. And Primus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Primus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Primus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Primus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Oh, my dear wife, what do I owe this wonderful visit? Well. Yeah. Speaking of the microphone, tell the people what we're doing. We are doing. We are celebrating. Yes. Shabbat. So Jews around the world. Right. At sundown and sundown depends where they are around the world. Right. Celebrate Shabbat. And they do so by the women of the house lighting a candle. Yeah. And the men usually do the prayer over the wine right. or grape juice. And then... And the bread. We break bread, which we call challah. And so we do this every Friday. Every Friday. Either at 7 or 8 p.m. when I have a bigger break. It depends when I have a break. So that's why she's visiting me right now. We are keeping the commandments. It's an excuse to have her see me, you know. It's an excuse for you to have bread. Oh, okay. I love bread. She's got me. She's trying to get me on this tough diet. I told her I need your help. I'm gaining too much weight. And whenever she sees people, they say, please keep Mark healthy. And and it kind of aggravates her. And what do I say? Don't look at me. I'm trying. Yeah, it's him. And it is me. So uh, we're working on it. And uh, it's just a matter of time, really. As I put on my running shoes and go off for a run. She's a marathon runner. So I run nine, ten miles like it's nothing. I drive nine or ten miles and I'm tired. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I've got a lot more. We're going to go over a lot more. We will be right back, so please don't leave us. See you in a minute. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Do we have a connection, Mr. Producer? I think we do. Our number, 877-381-3811. Hello. 877-381-3811. Stephen A. Smith will be my guest in hour three. You know, I really do like each other. I like them. We have similar personalities in a way, don't we, Rich? I think we do. Um... And I love his show. I love his show on ESPN. It really is good, especially once they got rid of that. Anyway, uh, the other guy, 
forget his name, Max or something or other. Kellerman. Yeah, he was annoying. Typical lib. Uh, I want to get into some of this. Apparently Gavin Newsom uh, thinks he's presidential material. And uh, he went to Washington the other day, made sure Biden wasn't there, to visit at the White House, probably meeting Susan Rice. Who the hell knows? Uh, has run ads in Florida. He's a laughing stock in Florida, as he is in most of the rest of the country. I happen to think he's peculiar looking. He's got like a Adam Schiff neck. You know what I mean, Rich? This long giraffe-like neck. Sort of out of sync with the rest of the body. But what do I know? What do I know? Maybe people find that appealing. I don't. I don't find him appealing at all. And the little dabble do you with the hair in the back. You walk around outside, but catches, you know, flies and mosquitoes and birds and everything. So he wants to export his tremendous success in California with all the nursing home deaths, shutting down churches and, and gun shops, while opening abortion clinics, his border wide open, illegal immigrants pouring into the state, sanctuary state. He thinks that's what you want. So does Pelosi. So does Schumer. That's what they're trying to do to the whole country. Can you imagine this jerk as president? Then he gives a speech yesterday, and who is he attacking? DeSantis. Now, why is he doing that? Because he believes DeSantis is the likely nominee, but at least he's a leading conservative, certainly our great governor. And so he wants to put his pencil neck above all the other potential candidates. It's a real freak show over there on the Democrat side. And here he is. Cut 13, go. But I do believe education's under assault in ways that I've never experienced in my lifetime. That I think we're living in as it relates to the assault of our freedom of expression. You're an idiot. Speak. You're an idiot. Education's under assault. It's been under assault by the union thugs who run the NEA and the AFT and back jerks like you. So parents, he's already announced he's going to go to war with parents. He doesn't believe you should have options and alternatives. He doesn't believe there should be competition. I hope men and women, parents in the inner cities are hearing me. He doesn't believe your children should have a chance at all in alternative schools. And I salute Governor Ducey in Arizona for signing what is the most historic school choice bill in American history, quite frankly. The Virginia governor, Youngkin, he's limited choice to public schools. He makes it clear. I'm talking about public schools. Governor, that's not good enough. And I noticed that uh, the media are trying to juxtapose him against Trump, that he wants the MAGA support without the MAGA leader. They're trying to juxtapose DeSantis against Trump. The media are looking for trouble, ladies and gentlemen. Things will shake out. The media are looking for trouble. They want Trump to lash out against these guys. Youngkin's been governor for about 15 minutes. I think he needs to focus on uh, Virginia right now. That's just my opinion. 
That's just my opinion. He's been a very good governor for 15 minutes, too, by the way. Superb. Unlike Newsom. Newsom was on a board of supervisors in San Francisco. He was the mayor of San Francisco. He was the lieutenant governor of California. He's the governor of California. The entire period, the state's gone to S. It's gone to S. Look at the homelessness. Look at the drug use. Look at the crime. Look at the illegal immigration. You got people trying to get the hell out of there as fast as they can. Third, fourth, fifth generation people closing down their businesses and getting out of there. And Newsom says, uh, I believe education's under assault by you, you schmuck, and the people who support you. You're the jerk that shut down the schools. You're the jerk that wouldn't let the kids go to school while your kids were going to school. Think we're going to forget that? I got to come up with a name for this guy. Some call him Gruesome Newsome. I got to come up with a name. Anyway, go ahead. The meme of the moment, well, maybe it's no longer the moment, was something called critical race theory. There was this guy, Tucker. Think that, you Zag- think that's funny, pal? Something called critical race theory? What, are you illiterate? You know, these critical race theory adherents and promoters and worshipers, they got to get their story straight. The media and the Democrat politicians, on the one hand, they embrace it. They impose it on their institutions. They impose it on corporations like Knucklehead in the White House has been doing. And then they pretend it doesn't exist. What critical race theory? The media, they have the people who write these books about critical race theory. They have them on and they what critical race theory? So damn corrupt. Go ahead. I'm trying to just understand what it is. I'll tell you what it is, schmuck. God, is this going to be painful or what? It's racism. It's Farrakhan racism dressed up as scholarship. You may not have heard of it. You're the only one in America who hasn't heard of it because your kids don't go to the schools where it's where it's taught. But watch how watch watch how he's like a a not even a third rate a, a tenth rate actor. Look at look how he look how he he uh, moves and grooves here. Go ahead. If it's happening, has to be happening in California. But I'm the governor of California. I don't know what it is. Must be occurring on the basis of how everybody's jumping over themselves to ban it. But the real meme of the moment seems to be no longer CRT. It seems to be something called social emotional learning. God forbid. Coincidental, 42 children's books banned, 42 books. Ladies and gentlemen, children's books, they're called pornography, you moron. Pornography. First of all, the guy talks in this staccato way. I mean, I've never really heard him give a speech. Is this a speech? Is this how he talks? He faints about a topic that's been all over the place for a year? Wow, what a leader this guy would be. But not for our country, maybe another country. Go ahead. By, forgive me, the Board of Education in Florida, because it included social-emotional learning. No, because it includes crude, perverted sexualization. You for that? I think he is for that. Isn't this the guy? This is the guy. And now I'm thinking, he had an affair with his campaign manager. I'm, it's coming back to me now. His best friend, I think it was, who was his campaign manager. He had an affair with his wife, who was his deputy chief of staff. 
And then the campaign manager immediately filed for divorce. That's what happened. <laughs> this thing they call, you know, <laughs> adultery. <laughs> Go ahead. Wow, Democrats, you're going to have to do better than this. One mind-numb moron for another mind-numb moron. I actually think Joe Biden has more going for him than this guy. And you already have California in the bag. You don't need this guy. He's not going to bring you anything. And the more he talks, the dumber he is. That's, that seems to be a problem in the entire Democrat Party, actually. Don, Ron DeSantis says more and makes more sense in 12 seconds than Gavin does in a minute or two. Cut 14, go. Like, can we actually agree that women get pregnant and not men? Because, <laughs> because they don't seem to say that. I mean, it's just, it's just unbelievable, some of the stuff that you're hearing about that. So, Newsom, have you ever heard of that? That we have a woman now on the Supreme Court who denies knowing what a woman is? But she's historic because she's the first black woman. But she denies being a woman. She denies being able to explain what a woman is. Your whole party supports this now. The Democrat Party will not define what a woman is. And they will not define what a baby is. Why? Why? Because they're nuts. They're insane. Because they're pushing their agenda. The most radical ideologues within the framework of that party is what drives that party. And the idiot who's in Saudi Arabia right now, that'll kill you if you get an abortion. That'll kill you if you're gay. That'll kill you if you chop this off or add that on. Uh, he's hand-pumping with the guy. Hand-pumping with the guy. And his party says almost nothing. And these, these groups, where are the LGBTQ community on this? Nowhere. They're silent, attacking me, I guess. But they're nowhere else. They'd rather attack Republicans, you see. Who can define what a woman is and can define what a baby is, and that's why they're hated. What do you mean? And he's worried about the books, is Gavin Newsom. Apparently he doesn't know how to read them. Maybe he knows how to color in them. I don't know. He knows they've banned 42 children's books have been banned. Sounds pretty bad. And what are in those books? I don't know. If you go up in front of a school board and try and read them, they'll shut you down. That's how filthy they are. It's okay with Gavin. His kids don't suffer from that. Just like his kids didn't have to miss school. Just like he's never missed a good French meal. You know what? I can't wait. I was going to start, Mr. Producer, a movement called Republicans for Biden, you know? Because I think we could actually slaughter him at the polls. It's going to spark Republicans for Biden, led by Mark Levin. But now I'm thinking maybe I should start Republicans for Newsom. Because I think we'd slaughter him too. The kind of Democrat who would give Republicans problems is a moderate Democrat. Not a California kook. Or Buttigieg. Buttigieg is spending $1 billion of your money on, what do they call transportation equity, Mr. Producer, something like that? To fight racism in our road system? 
racism in our road system. I don't even know what that means. Roads were built through minority communities, black communities. Well, roads were built through my community, too. Didn't Obama say over and over again, you know, you didn't make it on your own. What about the roads that we built? Now, which is it? They're so confusing. We want roads or roads are racist. Inanimate things are racist. Racism is everywhere. And how do we know this? Because the most privileged and whitest people keep telling us it. Buttigieg. Biden. Biden, who has a long history of racism and segregationism. He tells us. Democrat Party. If we are going to go back and eliminate the scourge of racism, then we must eliminate the Democrat Party. But come to think of it, it's the party of racism today in many ways, isn't it? I think it is. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest, I was nervous at first thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand. The 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast and save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. So already out of the box, Newsom has set down his markers. That he supports pornography in your kid's library. That he opposes parents having say in their kids' education. That he believes in social-emotional learning in the classroom, which is a psychological way of brainwashing your children. And he has no problem with critical race theory. In fact, he's so supportive of it, he won't even admit what it's about. But if he thinks he can get away with that because he lives in a one-party state, he's got another thing coming. He thinks $100,000 in ads in Florida is going to make a difference. He's dead wrong. Gavin Newsom is Nancy Pelosi in a suit. That's what he is. He's Nancy Pelosi in a suit. Well... Put that in your mind's eye, because that's pretty much what he is. As you know, Mr. Producer, in my opinion, he is. Assault on freedom of expression, he says. How about just individual liberty, Mr. Newsom? What do you think of that? 
And it has to do with more than dropping your pants in public or changing your genitalia or what you do with your genitalia. Liberty is more important and deeper than that, Governor. You may not be aware of that since you've been a political hack your entire life. And uh, no, most of us don't believe that pornographic books should be in the public schools or any schools. We don't believe that kids from kindergarten to third grade should be sexualized. Maybe that's why Disneyland in California feels free to do what it does. But Disney World in Florida does not. Let me ask all you parents around the country, where would you rather raise your kids? In an environment created that believes in tradition and believes in age-appropriate education or in Gavin Newsom's education system? Ron DeSantis' education system or Gavin Newsom? But here's the thing. I don't think Newsom's going to be the nominee anyway. I have no idea who will be. I'll be right back. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest. I was nervous at first, thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand. The 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast and save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. When Mark Levin speaks, the backbenchers take notes. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Wow, look at this. Judge questions FBI arrest tactics against Trump advisor Peter Navarro. This is in Politico. Of all places. Federal judge overseeing the contempt of Congress case against former Trump White House advisor Peter Navarro expressed concern today about the decision by prosecutors to arrest him last month rather than simply summoning him to come to court. Now, we've talked about this. This isn't the first time. It won't be the last time, but it's wrong every damn time they do it. Navarro has complained bitterly about the FBI's tactics in arresting him at Reagan National Airport as he was departing for a speaking engagement in Nashville, Tennessee, objecting that he was handcuffed, that he was denied food and water, and refused permission to make a phone call to his lawyer. Can you imagine? This is like this Russia. The FBI agents handling the arrest said in an official report that he called them kind Nazis. Well, you were, and not so kind, by the way. These are Gestapo tactics. Navarro faces two misdemeanor contempt of Congress charges. Two misdemeanor contempt charges. For refusing to comply with a subpoena from the special house committee investigating the storming of the Capitol on January 6th. It's not a special house committee. 
It is a Pelosi-Stalinist Democrat Party committee. Navarro contends he was following instructions from Trump not to comply to preserve executive privilege. He contends a lot more than that, actually. At a hearing in Navarro's case today, U.S. District Judge Amit Mehta, M-E-H-T-A, Amit Mehta, signaled that he agrees that the treatment of the longtime White House trade advisor at the outset of the criminal case was unreasonably harsh. He said, and I quote, it is curious at a minimum why the government treated Mr. Navarro's arrest in the way it did. It's a federal crime, but it's not a violent crime. No, it's a misdemeanor. Meta, a former federal defender, said it was puzzling that prosecutors didn't just tell Navarro he was going to be charged and allow him to walk into an FBI office as some white-collar defendants are permitted to do. No, as most white-collar defendants are permitted to do. is no criminal record. The allegation has nothing to do with violence. He's not a flight risk. And that's how they treated him. It's almost as bad as how they treat others with the SWAT teams. But look what they did to John Eastman, who's a lawyer. I don't know if he could ever defend himself. He's a nice guy. He's a little guy. How they humiliated him. Look how they humiliated this guy. I forget his first name. Clark who worked at the Department of Justice, forced him to stand outside in the middle of the street with his boxer shorts on when he asked if he could put his pants on. Are they afraid he was going to hit them or something? The judge said, it is a surprise to me that self-surrender was not offered. However, he proposed no particular response and did not demand any explanation from prosecutors. And therein lies part of the problem. Why did you do this? If I were the judge, I would have said, who ordered you to do this? Who ordered you to do this this way? And I'd want to go all the way up the chain to see who was involved, but not this judge, no. No. Navarro attorney John Rawley told the judge that the FBI's treatment of Navarro and the government's decision not to charge two other Trump White House aides who failed to comply with subpoenas suggested animus toward Navarro on the part of the prosecution team. He also said the decisions may have been influenced by Biden's statement that those who defied the committee should be prosecuted. Yeah, how come we're not hearing that criticism anymore? Navarro had been placed in leg irons by the FBI when he was arrested, said his lawyer, but Navarro clarified after the hearing the shackles were used by Deputy U.S. Marshals when he arrived at the courthouse for his initial appearance last month. Well, why did they do that? Is he going to run away? The guy's in his 70s. He's going to run away from the FBI? I mean, how stupid is this? (coughs) It also emerged at the hearing today that Navarro rejected a plea deal offered by prosecutors in the case proposing to drop one of the two charges and not seek more than the minimum 30-day jail time. And this is what they're doing to everybody. (coughs) Excuse me. It's cholera. Don't worry. This is what they're doing to everybody. Uh, We'll let you uh, give you some time so the media can report 800 people, most of whom have done jail time. Because people want to get it over with. They want to get their lives back. They have families or they have illnesses. I see one woman who's 69 years old and has cancers was just sent to jail. 
was just sent to jail, Mr. Producer. <coughs> Excuse me, I don't have a cough button. She has cancer. She's 69. She was just sent to jail. And the FBI used as evidence of her danger that she had posted on Facebook a picture of herself with a weapon. She'd actually gone into the uh, Capitol building. She didn't hit anybody. She didn't shoot anybody. She didn't stab anybody. I mean, she has cancer. What the hell? I mean, it's just, it's, it's so completely out of hand right now. The arrest tactics. You don't see Democrats being treated this way. You don't see Antifa being treated this way. You don't see Black Lives Matter being treated this way. <coughs> Excuse me. That's a whooping cough. What can I tell you? All right, Mr. Producer. We've got more here. We have, uh, I lost my spot. I'm looking for it desperately here. Nancy Pelosi. My God. What did I do with this, Rich? You have the one cut of Nancy Pelosi there. Cut 15, go. And we offer hope to the American people who treasure our freedoms and who are overwhelmingly with us in our mission to defend them. What do Republicans have in store next? You can't travel to buy a book. You can't travel to see a concert or a play. If they doesn't mean now, we don't want to travel show. with your husband, he's a drunk DUI. Remember that? He seems to be able to travel. I have another one. Bring me my car. Now, Jesse Waters is trying to get to the bottom of that. He wants to know if if, uh, if drinking Paul was uh, well, you know, screwing around. I'll leave it to him to figure that out. But anyway. What does this mean? If Republicans will let you buy a book, travel to buy a book, travel to go to a concert. You see, the Marxist Democrats have to lie about the disputes, the issues that we're debating, because they have no respect for their voters and their base whatsoever. They think and believe, and maybe they're right, that their voters and their base have a very, very low IQ. That they'll respond to something like this, that the Republicans want to prevent you from traveling to get a book. The Republicans want to prevent you from traveling to go to a concert or a play. The Republicans want to, want to stop you because they have word standards. We have to pass legislation, she says, for a second time to do what? To allow abortion on demand, of course. Because it's either that or you won't be able to travel and get a book. By the way, did you see that picture of her and two others on the beach, Mr. Producer? What's going on there? She looked a little like Ted Kennedy, I thought. Anyway, so, um, although I think Ted Kennedy had bigger, you know... A bigger head, bigger head on the top of his shoulders, I was going to say. I I think he did, uh, if uh, memory recollects properly. So Nancy Pelosi's on the floor, and she says, Either you support abortion in the last second, the aborting of a baby, infanticide, if you will, or you oppose people traveling to buy a book. What's next? They're going to stop us from traveling to buy a book? 
When's the last time you read a book, you moron? And then there's Hakeem Jeffries, who wishes to replace Nancy Pelosi, who has a lower IQ than she does. And he wants you to know that the institution of the Supreme Court is now illegitimate because it doesn't agree with him. Therefore, it's illegitimate. The court is illegitimate. Cut 16, go. Liberty and justice and freedom are under assault right now. Yeah, by you, you jerk. Go ahead. Radical, right-wing, illegitimate Supreme Court majority and their extreme co-conspirators here in the House of Representatives. Now, listen to this language, which is intentionally intended to provoke violence against these justices. If you believe certain justices are, quote, radical, right-wing, illegitimate, extreme, working with their co-conspirators in the House, and you have a screw loose and a weapon? If you believe that they're attacking liberty and justice and freedom, and I would ask them, what's the difference between liberty and freedom, you idiot? Anyway, go ahead. Attacking freedom. But this legislation and House Democrats are going to do everything in our power to defend a woman's freedom. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hello, hello. You're not with it, pal. You're dumber than I even thought. Do not ever use the word woman. A woman's freedom. Didn't you hear Professor uh, Yippity-Doo the other day? Professor Yippity-Doo from UC Law School? Didn't you hear what she said? Forget her name, actually. Um, Is it Bridges? Yeah. Professor Bridges. Didn't you hear what she said? Of course men can have children. Trans men. And if you don't agree with that, you're supporting violence. So obviously, Hakeem Jeffries is supporting violence against trans men who can have babies. You jerk, you're supporting violence. And Justice Jackson, now the Honorable Justice Jackson, she didn't need a biologist to tell her what a woman is, did she, Mr. Producer? She can go into a public school library for seven and eight-year-olds, and they'll have pictures of them. A woman, naked. Can find her right there. It's right there in a fourth grade reading class. And Newsom would defend their rights. It's the First Amendment, he says. Another idiot. And Justice Jackson may want to confer with Hakeem Jeffries. He apparently knows what a woman is. He used the term. He didn't say birthing people. He said a woman. They're very confusing, these insane bastards, aren't they? Go ahead. To make her own reproductive health care decisions. She can't make her own reproductive health care decisions when she's not reproducing anything. It's an abortion, you idiot. The whole sentence doesn't even make any sense. Moreover, there's another human being involved. It's called a baby. A baby, dummy. But he does it again. Go ahead. A woman's freedom. No, it's not a woman's freedom. 
Get it straight, pal. Go ahead. Deeply personal. Ah, shut up, you idiot. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest, I was nervous at first, thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand. The 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast and save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. And then there's Representative Veronica, a.k.a. Pablo Escobar, Democrat of Texas. She's very lucid. She has some profound things to say. Cut 18, go. Women for Republican, we are dispensable. We're disposable. They want to control us. Um, uh, Pablo, but- may I call you Pablo? I think I will. Because obviously genderism is racism by another term. So you can call men women and women men. So I guess you can use proper names, right? So Veronica, from now on, your name is Pablo. I say that out of respect. Pablo Escobar, Democrat from Texas. Women for Republicans, we are dispensable. We're disposable. They want to control us. How stupid do you have to be to be a Democrat in the House of Representatives? This is my question. Another one. Another one with the women. The women. That's so Saturday. We don't use women anymore. Women. Women. For Republicans, we are dispensable. We're disposable. They want to control us. Yes. Every guy who accepts it. You're dispensable. You're disposable. We want to control you. You know what's interesting? That's how you divine abortion and what they do to babies. Dispensable. Disposable. I feel like it's 1984. Alice in Wonderland. Something's going on here. Where words either have no meanings or meanings that are senseless or up means down and so forth. She says, play it again, 18, go ahead. Women for Republican, we are dispensable, we're disposable, they want to control us. I um, see, but- so she uses women, it's just for the record. And she says women are disposable and dispensable. That's how Republicans view them. Republicans believe in life. Republicans will defend their wives, they will defend their mothers, they will defend their daughters, they will defend women. They can define women. They love women, they appreciate women. They don't need biologists, they don't need proctologists, they don't need anything. We can all 
understand what a woman is. You Democrats are degrading women. You're degrading, degrading women's rights. And, of course, when it comes to dispensable and disposable, that's how you treat babies, including female babies, I may say. And you're despicable. And that includes you, Pablo Escobar. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read this secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. So you need to read the war on cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. I have been remiss, ladies and gentlemen. This Sunday, less than three short days away, Actually, exactly one, two, two days away, right? Saturday and Sunday at this time, the 8 p.m. Eastern time hour, a brand new, or as we call fresh, Life, Liberty, and Levin on the Fox News Channel, 8 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Pacific time, and all kinds of times in between and around. Bottom up, middle out. Two tremendous guests, guests, Elise Stefanik and Larry Kudlow. We have a lot of ground to cover, and of course, my opening statement. Some call it monologue, but I prefer opening statement. I hope you'll watch. You know, when you deduct the time for commercials, it's really only 40 minutes. They must make a lot of money off my show, Mr. Producer, I'm guessing. I don't know. A couple of times they ran these erectile dysfunction commercials. I have objected to those. I have objected to those. That's the wrong show. Maybe that ought to be on some other guy's show, but it doesn't need to be on mine. But nonetheless, we have two great guests, and of course, we'll have my opening statement. So I hope you'll join us in a few minutes. We'll have our friend Stephen A. Smith on the program. You're telling me you had a shoulder operation, Rich? Oh, those are not easy. Those are very, very painful, as a matter of fact. I mean, I've never had one, but I can assume... I can assume that's the case. Have you ever had one of those, Rich? No. You've never had a plate put in your head either, have you? I'm just curious. No. <laughs> What's that, huh? No, that's true. I have to admit, as a man, I've never been pregnant or given birth, as my wife pointed out. You have? Yes. Well, uh, you're the one. All right. Let us, uh, this is not too funny. This is actually very sad. 
the Russians are forcing the deportations of Ukrainians, over 2 million so far, including about 300,000 children. They're deporting them from their homes. They're taking them off the streets. They're taking them out of orphanages. They're forcibly removing them. They are forcibly turning them into Russian citizens, and they're sending them to camps or to far-off locations in Russia. This is what Hitler did. This is what Stalin did. This is what Mao did. And that's what Putin is doing. (coughs) Excuse me, that's cholera. The unlawful transfer and deportation of protected persons is a grave breach of the Fourth Geneva Convention on the Protection of Civilians and is a war crime, said Secretary of State Blinken. The Russia embassy the Russians have learned from our from our American Marxists here. Listen to this. The Russian embassy in Washington called the comments an attempt to stoke Russophobia. So now on top of everything, we're Russophobians. Washington's attempt to vilify the armed forces of the Russian Federation is apparently connected with dissatisfaction with the success of a special military operation. What a rambling idiot. The people who are filled it out, families being separated, they're confiscating the Ukrainian passports, they're issuing Russian passports, they're imposing citizenship on them. It's just disgraceful. There are eyewitness reports from survivors who said the Russian authorities had transported tens of thousands of people to detention facilities controlled by Moscow-backed separatists, where many are reportedly tortured. Good Lord. Tortured. Women raped. How come we're not hearing that from the, uh, from the Putinoids in the media and in the Republican and Democrat parties? You know, the Putinoids with the hemorrhoids. How come we're not hearing about this? This uh, program appears to have been planned early and matches similar operations Russia undertook in other wars, including in Chechnya. Including in Chechnya. And it's, uh, it's horrendous. They've shut down all their press in Russia. If you report against the war, say anything hostile about the war, their journalists get 10 years. In prison. You say anything hostile about the United States and our country and your journalist, you get a uh, Pulitzer Prize and a Peabody Award. An appointed hat to walk around and wear so your colleagues can see what a genius you are. That's problematic. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Pablo Escobar, a.k.a. Veronica, Democrat, Texas, she was on MSLSD today. She's very busy. Because everybody wants to know what Pablo has to say. And she says, Biden needs to ask the Saudis for oil because we didn't transition to green energy fast enough. Pablo deserves to be in a padded cell, I think. Cut 10, go. I was just thinking, Congressman, you know, the the president says... Excuse me, excuse me. It's Congress. 
it, Congress it, Congress it, calls a congresswoman, congressman, don't use man, don't use women, it's it, Congress it, Congress idiot, go ahead. Going to Saudi Arabia to meet with other uh, Middle East leaders as well as the as the king and the crown prince. But a lot of this has to do with domestic politics as well. I mean, uh, gas and gasoline prices in our country. Right. You know, the president is juggling some historic uh, challenges right now. Challenges unlike we have seen in our generation or generations yes, before. Yes, yes, he yes. inherited uh, a country and uh, that, uh-huh. that was grappling with COVID. We now oh. are seeing global inflation and mm. global increases in gas prices. And those gas price increases Speaking of uh, gas, do go ahead. Putin's war on Ukraine, um, decades. What are, what are these people? They just—it's—it's it's like they wind them up, and they spew the same lies and stupidity. They just wind them up. Go ahead. Though we should have acted far more quickly to transition away from fossil fuels, from our dependence, our, in fact, our addiction to fossil fuels in this country and across the Ladies globe. Ladies and gentlemen, are you addicted to fossil fuel? Are you addicted to it? Or do you just use it? You're smart. We're smarter than these clowns that go to Congress. Who the hell elected Pablo Veronica Escobar anyway? Who elected this idiot? Just a mouthpiece that spews stupid talking points. Did I get them all in? I said Putin's war. I got them on global inflation, global gas price increases. And in addition, we didn't transition away from fossil fuels enough because we're addicted to fossil fuels. Ah. And your solution? You're the problem, America. You're addicted. You see the fossil fuels. We means you. Each of you. And, of course, the increase in inflation is a global situation. There's really nothing we can do about it. And the increase in gas prices is a global situation, except that you're to blame for it because we didn't transition fast enough. And that's the other thing, the word transition. They're hung up on that word. They're always transitioning. Whether it's transitioning in your pants or in your skirt, whether it's transitioning the economy, whether it's transition, everything's being transitioned. Hey, how about we slow down, take it easy, and stop the transitioning? At least that's my view. Going online without ExpressVPN is like using your smartphone without a protective case. Most of the time, you'll probably be fine. But all it takes is one accidental drop to make you wish you had protected yourself. Every time you connect to an unencrypted network, your online data is not secured. Every time. Any hacker on the same network can steal your personal data. And your data is valuable. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person selling personal information on the dark web. ExpressVPN creates a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the Internet. So your sensitive data, your personal, confidential data cannot be stolen. ExpressVPN is so easy to use. You fire up your app, and you click one button to get protected. That's it. Works on all your devices, phones, laptops, tablets, and more. So go to expressvpn.com slash mark. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash mark. You can get an extra three months free. Free. 
That's expressvpn.com slash Mark. And I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Pittsburgh Pirates here, baby. Stephen A. Smith, how are you, my friend? What's up, my brother? How are you? How's everything? I'm doing great. How's your shoulder? I didn't even know you had an operation. Yeah, man. I mean, What'd you know, you do? just working out. Working out between, you know, lifting weights, boxing, and stuff like that. What does this um, teach you, years, my friend? And, and, and years of attrition, uh, partial tear the cuff, partial God. tear the bicep, um, uh, frayed labrum, and a bone spur. So I had it scoped and stuff like that. They told me I'm going to be down for a few weeks, but I'll be better than ever in a couple of months. So hopefully gotta, that's right. You got to listen to me. The The yes, moral sir. of the story is stop exercising. I'm serious. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't do that. I got to exercise, but I, got, I can take it a little lighter. I can do that, but I'll never stop. You used to play basketball, didn't you? Yes, sir. I, I played, um, I played uh, at Winston-Salem State University in North Carolina. Uh, Division two basketball for the legendary Clarence Big House game. You know, I'm not just saying this to say this. Yours is the only sports show I really like, particularly since What's-His-Face isn't there anymore. But I, I don't want you to comment on that. But it really is because you give it a lot of thought. I can tell you, prepare before the show. I don't know how you know all the stats and all the different sports, how you stay motivated right. and so forth. What do you do? Well, I mean, first of all, you know, if you don't care, you can't expect the viewer and the listener to care. That's number one. Uh, number two, I think that the ultimate, if, if I had to tell you what one trait I would hope that has made the show successful and has kept it number one in the, is, is with sports morning uh, talk shows, number one for the last 10 years and counting, is that I pride myself on being very, very fair. You know, a lot of times you and I have spoken, and yes, we do speak offline and we speak off the air. Um, and, and I, and I've known you for years and obviously we talk and got a lot of respect and love for each other. I, here's my attitude, you know, is to make sure that everybody understands whether we agree or disagree that we're going to paint both sides. One of the things that I don't tolerate on first take and, and I give my bosses a lot of credit for this because they allow me to be in control of such things is that, you know, it's not going to be a one sided thing. You know, sometimes we get into, you know, political stuff is, is, is you're going to hear people from both sides. We're going to touch on sports angles. You're going to hear people from both sides. You've got people that have, you know, capitalistic points of view like myself because I'm a proud capitalist. And then you have others that think a tad bit differently. We're going to hear both sides. So what I try, and obviously I'm a black man and I, and I, and I want white folks to come on the show. I'm a man. I want women to come on the show. The list goes on and on. I want people to look at the show and to make sure that at some point in time when they hear our dialogue bantering back and forth, that they hear some semblance of what's going on in their mind and what positions they represent and how they feel. That way, even if you hear a dissenting point of view, at least you heard their side as well. That's incredibly important to me, and I think that's what ultimately breeds the success for the show. Let me ask you about LeBron James. Sure. Do you know him well? I know him well enough. I mean, we haven't communicated too much over the years, but obviously we've met and we've talked on several occasions in the past. There were years ago when I was very, very critical of him, and as a result, he's been very reluctant to talk to me per se, but he's always a gentleman. He's always respectful. 
But do we sit down one-on-one and talk anymore? No, that's not the case. How about Cantor Freeman? Do you know him? Uh, vaguely. I mean, I've said hello and goodbye in past, and I covered his exploit on the basketball court. But I don't know him personally. However, I'm very familiar with his positions, and I'm very uh, familiar with how adamant he has been against LeBron James. But let me ask you this. LeBron James, he makes a statement the other day. They make it their own promo in which people mm-hmm. like me took the position, wait a minute, mm-hmm. what the hell are you saying? You know, it's one thing to right. have a difference of opinion. You don't want to come back to America. And he seems to have reversed course or at least clarified what he meant, which was I meant mm-hmm. emotionally. Does that make sense to you? Right. Um, not really. Um, I've been on vacation, so that's why people haven't heard me commenting about it. I most assuredly would have talked about it the next day and would have, you know, basically said that that was a foolhardy statement on his part. Now, I will tell you that LeBron James uh, obviously is a phenomenal player and a phenomenal athlete and an incredible role model in a lot of different ways. But that doesn't mean we agree with everything that he says. And there have been occasions from time to time where he said stuff that was either ill-advised or flat-out incorrect. And I think in the, play, in the case of Brittany Griner, I, I mean, I don't know how you can deduce that. We're not talking politics here from the standpoint of Biden as opposed to Trump, right. Bush, Clinton, Obama, or anybody else. But if you're the president of the United States, I'm quite sure that there are an abundance of prisoners that you want to get out of jail who may have happened to have been imprisoned by Russia. We, of course, we want Brittany Griner back home and safe. And a lot of people feel like the penalty against her is, is excessive. But mm-hmm. to think for one second that the United States is not doing enough, I just think that that's a, that's a line that none of us as Americans should cross because we don't understand the intricacies that go along with all of that because we're just not in that stratosphere. And so for me personally, when I've spoken about the issue, Mark, and, you know, everybody was, you know, talking about let's get a home, let's get a home. I'm a strong advocate on behalf of that. I desperately want her back in the United States, but I've also reminded everybody, I've said, are we sure it's wise to be as outspoken as we've been considering that we're talking about Vladimir Putin and this notion, and I've said this as well, this notion that if it were LeBron James instead of Brittany Griner, that somehow LeBron James would have been home by now. I remind everybody again, we're talking about Vladimir Putin. You can't predict that with this guy. I mean, the, the world, this, this dude was telling everybody, I'm not doing anything when everybody was, was warned in the world that he's about to bomb, he's about to invade Ukraine. Mm-hmm. He did it anyway and said that they provoked him and, and is lying to the, uh, to, to, to the public in Russia. I mean, you don't know what this guy is capable of. So, uh, again, when we say stuff like that, unless that's our level of expertise, all we can do is follow the administration and the State Department and, 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 and follow their lead because that's where their expertise lies, not ours. And I think that LeBron James would have been wise to do the same. Even though he wasn't speaking about Russia, he was speaking about how Brittany, Brian, Brittany Griner must be feeling. I just think that all of us need to be careful because we don't know who might be listening and we don't know how it may force or compel them to react. That's just my personal opinion about it. Can you stay over the break? Of course. I uh, Because I want to ask you a bunch of other questions. You're, see see that? I'm here. Levinites out there. I mean, that's very intriguing what you just said there, and I bet a lot of people didn't expect it. But I've come to learn that you think for yourself. When we come back, more Stephen A. Smith. I'll be right back.
Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. Plastic Conservative Fire. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Stephen A. Smith, first take ESPN. Best show, really. Fantastic show. Stephen A., my question to you is this. The PGA in this LIV. People are taking Mm -hmm. sides on this. I felt like I kind of agreed with Tiger Woods. What's your take on this? I don't agree with him. I got a problem with him, and I got a problem with all of these uh, with all of these folks associated with the PGA that are up in arms. And here's what my position is: Last yep. time I checked, this is a capitalistic society. Think about what Phil Mickelson said originally, because I brought this up on first take several weeks ago, and a lot of folks ignored the point that was being made. Phil Mickelson was talking about Live Golf, the Live Golf tournament and why he wanted to participate in it and talked about how it was going to bring attention to what the PGA has been doing to its golfers. So my point is none of the golfers have answered that question. I said I was on TV going off, what is he talking about? How are What is he talking about? He was talking about the treatment of the players, the funds that are available to them, their living expenses, all of the tournament, all, all of the all of the revenue that they generate for the sport, and how they're compensated in an inequitable fashion throughout the years. And they, what does and that they, mean? They, inequitable? Uh, seriously, I'm I'm not trying to be argumentative, but these guys live high off the hog. Well, well, again, he was saying only a few of them. Like I'm not a golf aficionado, Mark. So let me, me let me throw that out on Front Street. You yeah. got to get one of those on one of those guys on to talk about it. I'm yeah. saying. Based off of what he said, I only ask a simple question. If I came to Mark Levin and I said, you know what, I play for the NBA. The NBA treats us like trash. We got these 10 players that are getting paid handsomely, but the other 440 are treated like garbage. I I know, but Stephen A., look at baseball. You got single A, double A, triple A. Those guys are barely getting by. Then you make it to the big leagues, and you're made. You know, Hold on, wait that's a minute. the way wait, I view it. But wait a minute. There are guys in, the, in Major League Baseball getting $400 million contracts. Yeah. And then there's another dude getting paid five. So you okay. see what I'm saying? Poor baby, five million. No, no, no. But I, I'm just I'm being, I'm being facetious. What I'm yeah. simply pointing to is look into the discrepancy. This is America. 
Okay? If you if you got the government Wait, you doing said capitalism, not with... equality. Capitalism. That's true. That's fair. You're right. I'm talking capitalism. If they're saying we want to do this because we're going to earn more money with these eight tournaments than we'll do with the 48 tournaments of the PGA, I'm saying, Why wouldn't okay, you, you're saying? Fair enough. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? All right, let me ask you this. I've always wondered, what is your sure. favorite sport? Do you have one? Ba- basketball and boxing. And then football. What about UFC? I love the UFC, but I love the UFC for a different reason. Tell me. I am abs- I'm a huge fan of Dana White. That's my guy. Yeah. Yeah. I love Dana White. I thought that in 2021, he should have been named the Sportsman of the Year because I think that he was more responsible than anyone in the world of sports for bringing us back to normalcy based off of what transpired during COVID. He refused to shut down. He refused to relent. He kept going and kept on his tournaments, and when it kept pushing and pushing and pushing, I think that Dana White is what boxing needs because he makes sure we got the fights we want to see when we want to see them as opposed to, you know, these promoters that hide boxers and what have you and, and prevent us from seeing the, the marquee fights we want to see when we want to see them. That's what I love about the UFC, Dana White. To me, he's that dude. Explain to me, psychologically, why am I hooked on the UFC? Because I can't do it? Because these guys are capable of doing things I wouldn't? What is it? I'm, like, stuck on it. That, 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 that's part of it. Part of it is the fact that you know that they mean business when they step into the octagon. It's yeah. not promoting, and then you get to go in there and run around the ring for five or ten rounds. or either. you got to fight. You can't get in the octagon for the UFC and run. It's, it's, it's figuratively speaking, it's kill or be killed. And you got to show up, and they usually deliver what was advertised. And that's a big reason. And plus, you get the fights you want to see when you want to see them. If there's a major, if two guys fought on, 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 on tomorrow night's card, okay? There's a card tomorrow night, and they fought tomorrow night. And then the public was clamoring for two winners to go up against one another. Dana White will have that fight to you in six months. Exactly. In Boston, you'd wait. In Boston, you'd wait five years. That's the difference. Let me ask you a question. Another one. Yeah. You sure. you have a unique way, and I mean this with all my heart, of bridging mm-hmm. races, bridging yep. diversity. People are attracted to the way you speak, what you speak, how you do what you do. I can tell you, you're different mm-hmm. in a good way. Yeah. Thank you. Can't you do something outside well, of – in addition to your sports, you should do something outside of sports. You know, one of these night well, nitwit, phony comedians, you know, maybe you should be well, doing something like that. Here's what I would tell you. Here's what I would tell you. I'm not at liberty to speak, but in a matter of the next two weeks or so, you can have me back on to talk about just that because I can't say anything at this particular moment in time, but I absolutely wow. will be doing more than just sports in the weeks to come. And I can be a guest, right? Yes, you can. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll scare off half your Absolutely. audience. What? No, I mean, that, but see, that's the whole point, and that's that's what I'm about. It's like, wait a minute here. You know, listen, I'm a black man, and and I'm a registered independent. You know, I'm not a rhino. I'm not a Republican. I'm not. Uh, I'm damn sure not a progressive. Uh, make no mistake about that. But I believe from time to time, on a case by case basis. You know, everybody has a point. And so for me, 
I don't get caught up in swinging one way or another. And I'm not devoid of principles or anything like that. I just think the prism of history tells us a lot more than stuff tells us in the immediacy of a moment. But like, for example, when you're a black dude, I I, I am very sensitive to the fact that even though I am not one, that you have a lot of people who will look at black conservatives and you're ready to excoriate them and call them sellouts. I think you got people that look at conservatives and they automatically assume they're racist. I don't subscribe to that theory. I don't play that BS. That's nonsense to me. Let me hear what your issue is. Let me hear why you believe what you believe. And I will deduce whether I agree or disagree with you. But just because I might disagree with you, and I'm here to tell you, I disagree with the great Mark Levin at least 50% of the time. But guess what? It doesn't stop me from listening to your show, and it doesn't stop me from recognizing that you do a great job at what you do, and you make very, very, very valid points, which, by the way, I got a memoir coming out in January, and I mentioned that about you in my book. Well, let me ask you a question. Are they going to let you come on sure. my Sunday show when that book comes out? Yes. So you'll be able to come on my Fox show? Yes. All right, man. All right, you heard Absolutely. it here. I'd love to have you. All right, Absolutely. Good. Not a problem. So I wa- done. So when you know in two or three weeks you're coming back on, and what, well, when you can say it, yes. right? Yes. Yes, I will. This will be fascinating. The news will hit, and I assure you, you will want me back on. And you'll be (laughs) one of the first people I talk to. I promise. And I'm going to love it. All right. That's about it. You know, I love sports, but I'm not smart enough to talk about it. I think you got to know your limitations, you know? I think, personally speaking, I I don't think anybody would question your intelligence. I think that everybody would question your interest because you're incredibly passionate about what you do. Those, the issues that you discuss are far, far, far more important than sports, and that's where your focus is preoccupied. That's what your focus is preoccupied on. There's absolutely nothing wrong because at the end of the day, even though everything's a microcosm of society, we talk about big money and all of this other stuff. Right. In the end, we're talking about games and the people who play them. You're talking about real-life issues that affects every American citizen in this nation. That's far more important than sports. I know better than that. All right, my man. Well, thanks for coming on, and hope you feel better soon. I appreciate it, man. Take care. Have a great weekend. You too. God bless. I love that guy. I do. He's just a great guy. The American public's getting pinched right now. These uh, Marxist policies like shutting down the Keystone Pipeline have you paying way more, way more for gas and oil. Also raises the cost of grocery bills and every other thing. It's hard to depend on government, but one thing you can depend on is pure talk. Because pure talk still gives you talk, text, plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. They're not raising the prices. No price increase. Now, I've told you before I'm a customer. The 5G coverage is the most reliable network in America. It's fantastic. U.S. customer service right here in America. Keeping jobs right here in America. The CEO is a patriot. He's a veteran. So stop giving your money to Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, and all these woke corporatists and their employees. Stop supporting their causes. Switch to my guys. PR talk. It'll benefit you. Just dial pound 250 and say Mark Levin, pound 250, say Mark Levin, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. With Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, hello, no-risk money-back guarantee. 
You'll not regret this, not for a second. Dial pound 250 and say Mark Levin. Sign up and save an additional 50% your first month. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Tucson, Arizona, the great KNST, been a great affiliate for a long time. How are you? Yes, I'm doing great, sir. Thank you. I wanted to um, thank you so much for your show. I listen to it every day. Thank I you. learn more than I do by watching a lot of the news networks, and I don't watch mainstream. I watch the real stuff. Right. Such an incredible perspective. You are so brilliant, and it wow. helps me to speak out and say things to people because, you know, once you start giving them information, their head kind of explodes. So Uh I just wanted to thank you for everything you do. I I really appreciate everything. Well, you're very, very sweet, and I appreciate that. God bless you, Martha. Let's continue. George, New York City on the Mark Levin app. George, how are you? Yes, that's me. I'm doing fine. What I'd like to say is, when they're trying to get rid of all the carbon dioxide, they don't realize plants breathe carbon dioxide and they exhale oxygen. So if you get rid of all the carbon dioxide, all the plants will die, and then we won't have enough oxygen that, that, that they're creating for us. That's the way oh, God listen, made them. They don't think two weeks ahead. They don't think two weeks ahead. Honestly, I'm going to say something that will seem provocative, and it's not intended to. We don't have too much or too little carbon dioxide. It is what it is. All right, George, thank you. I appreciate your call. Let's continue. Jill Henderton, Hunterton, New Jersey, XM Satellite. I'm sorry. Go right ahead. Hey, Mark, it's great to talk with you. Uh, A couple of things I wanted to say is, um, first of all, I always love the music you play before you come on. And in between the breaks, you pick the, the best music. And also, I love your rants. You crack me up, and I just sit in my car or wherever I am, and I'm just like, you go, Mark. You go, Mark. I, I just Ooh, love the that ladies. You, you know, up. didn't you hear uh, Pablo Escobar saying that we Republicans want to dispense with and dispose of our women? Didn't you hear that? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. She's not right. She's a moron. And another thing. All right, I listen to me. To We're gonna, I want you to take Jill's phone number. I want you to take Jill's phone number. Jill, we're going to call you next week because I interrupted you and we're out of time. Okay, no problem, Mark. All right, I apologize. Ladies and gentlemen, every Friday, in your honor, America, we haven't missed it once. Here we go.
forget, folks, this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, a wonderful life, Liberty and Levin. Please don't miss it. Elise Stefanik and our buddy uh, Kudlow. Very important show. We salute all you heroes out there. We pray for the Ukrainian people. And our prayers are with the Trump family that I know is uh, suffering right now. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Indy. Good night, little Barney. Good night, all our fabulous dogs. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. Good night, Joe and America. Have a wonderful weekend. God bless you. Be safe. And I'll see you on Monday. Take care. Take care.